0: Have you ever seen a cartoon or a political meme that has stood out to you on the Internet? Something that is so good and hits the nail on the head so well that you want to save it, but you don't know where it comes from. Most times these things get copied and saved and you don't know who came up with this amazing cartoon or this amazing meme. Well, today I'm really lucky because I'm speaking to George Alexopoulos. Who does this for a living he's an illustrator and right now he's probably the number one political illustrator at least that i could tell in the modern culture war he has made some cartoons that are very absurd very hyperbolic very honestly just amazing in terms of hitting the point uh, that he's trying to make and that so many of us follow so you're going to see some of them while we talk about them if you're listening look him up george alexopolis you're going to know exactly what i'm talking about this is someone who makes memes for a living. Although he doesn't call them memes, we'll get to them. But it's a really interesting and unique conversation. I hope you enjoy it. Please listen. All right, George, welcome to the show. <laughs> <laughs> so we're, we're all to professional a really, welcome. really, really professional start. So... Want... It all goes downhill from here. Exactly, exactly. So you're a really interesting person to me because and I'm not just saying that in a biased way because you're Greek and I'm Greek and we all like to boost each other's We emotions. are interesting people. True. We are interesting. But <laughs> the way I discovered you is through uh, these cartoons or these memes. or What do you want to call these? What do we call these? Are they memes or are they cartoons or are they art? How do we describe um, these?
1: Mm. As citizens of the internet, I think I can't have the right to call my stuff memes. The memes just happen; uh, it can't be controlled. But uh, what I do is, I guess, I just make comic strips, uh, four-panel comic strips most of the time. Sometimes they're single panel. Uh, at least that's what I'm recently known for. And uh, yeah, there's just cultural, socio-political, whatever's uh, whatever's happening that day. It can be uh, in the realm of gaming. Or politics, culture in general, uh, just anything that pops into my head as interesting or funny or worth, worth drawing something about. And uh, if people share it around, uh, it's no longer mine. They can do whatever they want with it. And uh, then it either goes viral or I just do another one the next day or whatever.
0: So then explain to me how this started. Because the, the first one I saw from you, which mm-hmm. blew me away... And I didn't know it was you. I didn't these things get away from you, like you say, right? So it gets copied to get sent around. And someone sent me this comic strip and it's of Joe Biden. And it's hard to describe to people who are listening. Mm -hmm. But it's of Joe Biden looking very old and decrepit Mm -hmm. and, you know, absorbing the blackness out of a girl. Is that like the, the best way? It sounds ridiculous to explain it, but it's so visual. And comedically, Mm -hmm. it's something really unique. I mean, the fact that you know how to actually draw and you obviously have actual artistic talent is one thing. That's why I don't think it's a meme, because it it is sort of artistic. Mm -hmm. But the fact that you can take something that is so current, um, which of course at that time was Joe Biden saying, if you don't vote for me, then you're not black, uh, and turn it into something so visual and kind of absurd is I think partly what what helped you like blow up so much right so I mean how does this start you you just have you been making these for a while how did you get into this
1: well I had always been doing four panel strips as an exercise so even ten years ago I was doing a sort of like Charlie Brown Calvin and Hobbes four panel kind of slice of life strip called bite-size and um, I got Used to the pacing of four panels as you know, setup, setup, uh, climax, uh, cool down, and that's sort of the pace of a four panel strip. You want to sort of create a certain beat, beat, beat punchline, something like that. Um, so I've been used to the, I mean, I've been reading these kind of comics my whole life, right? Charlie Brown, I grew up with it. So when it came to constructing uh, a strip like that, that was definitely not the first strip I did in that style. I've been doing them for years. Um, But that's the one that I guess showed me what the formula, the magic formula is, if there is such a thing, where it's um, current events strips are only, they're like a ripe fruit, I say, where they're only ripe for like two days maybe. So whatever's in the news, whatever everyone's talking about, if I can think of a funny joke that day, that morning. Um, so I'll like get up at six in the morning or something and I'm flipping through Twitter or something like that. I see everyone's talking about Joe Biden again. Oh, the, you ain't black thing. Uh, so then I'll be in the shower half hour later. I'll realize, Oh, there's a really, as an illustrator, I guess, just images would pop into your head. Right. But you don't have to be an illustrator. The only difference is, I guess, is because I am able to draw decently, I guess. Um, I'm able to actually execute on the idea relatively fast so i have a few hours maybe um before a certain time of day when people are checking twitter so by the time i get out of the shower i have my breakfast i have to draw a strip in like two hours or it's not funny anymore or people won't even know what i'm talking about the next day Uh, so that's the the formula i guess and sometimes i get lucky like with that joe biden strip um I have a collection of these uh, strips. There's hundreds of them. And uh, that's just, it happened to be right place, right time. Uh, That It happens once in a while, but most of the time I think just I have a moderate audience that sees my stuff, likes my stuff, shares it around, and, you know, we just move on to the next one.
0: So you started doing these, you post them, I see at least predominantly on Twitter. That's where you sort of gotten a, a pretty big following. You're on Instagram as well, and you obviously have an Etsy store. Yeah. you know the joe biden one for example which again to describe it he he absorbs the blackness out of a girl and leaves her shriveling on the ground um white it's just right? tired tired you know? tired and destroyed and you did these you know other ones to give people an example um early in the pandemic there was a trend where although we're supposed to venerate healthcare workers there was a trend of compilation videos where these nurses would be dancing around to like thriller or whatever song it is in hospital rooms yeah. and i it seems to have pissed off everyone as far as i could tell no one no one thought like oh this is like a you know a cute th-. other than nurses i guess but it seems like everyone was outraged by that and again you, you sort of applied your your creativity to it where you just thought this looks so stupid that what you did was you contrasted them dancing to you know a woman saying goodbye to who was it her father or something for the last time yeah. and again it, it's so there's an absurdity to to the cartoons because they're sort of hyperbolic but you're yes. making a point uh out of how absurd things are so i mean politically speaking, I mean, you know, to call people political cartoonists, I don't know if you go by that title. Um, I try not to. You try not to? Why Why do you try not to? What is it about that title?
1: Um, it puts you in a sort of, it puts you in a box that, I, I mean, my political strips, even though I think that's what I'm kind of known for this past year or so, I've been making comics for 15 years, uh, like books, and uh, I've done all kinds of work in the realm of art unfortunately my political comics and socio-political stuff has sort of painted me into a corner where i'm no longer able i'm pretty sure i can't get work anywhere in the mainstream probably for the rest of my career um at least for the next 10 years who knows wow well, you think so eh? oh nobody's gonna hire me uh at least not under my real name i would have to use a pseudo and i would have to have a really cool employer who won't out me uh if, right. if I was to work for that, like, I can't work for, like, Marvel, DC, even though I'm told my stuff is at least as good as theirs. Um, I have, you know, real comic books, like actual, like, issues. Uh, I print them at home. Um, but uh, I'm told that they're good. Uh, but it, because, I'm sorry, what was the original question? I don't, I don't want to go too far.
0: Well, no, no, you can continue. I mean, look, I was asking why you don't want to go by political cartoonists. And it okay. sounds like. You didn't set out to be a political cartoonist, so you don't want to be called that. You set out to be an artist and it turns out that it was serendipitous or not serendipitous that you ended up becoming political and you're you know, it sounds like I don't wanna say you're sort of pigeonholed in a corner because you've been successful with it, but mm-hmm. it sounds as though that due to the fact that your your cartoons and your work, your illustrations have become political, you feel that you're somewhat you know uh canceled in the illustrator world
1: it's kind of a big package to unpack um but as far as my daily uh what i make um i mean i read the news a lot uh i'm just that type of person that i always want to i'm curious of what's happening now culturally politically whatever i just want to when i'm working on my long-form books let's say i listen to a lot of uh I won't name names, but like I listen to a lot of news online and stuff. Um, and I just want to know what's going on. And then whatever, whenever I hear patterns of a lot of people are talking about this thing, when I hear it over and over in my head, usually these images will pop into my head or, oh, wouldn't it be funny if this happened? And, and sort of, if you mentioned a, an absurd way of like, what if I drew Joe Biden uh, eating somebody whole or something? Uh, what if I made a whole book of that? Uh, it just to sort of... Because even before the elections happened and everything, uh, it was a very scary time of like, what's going to happen next? Nobody knows. And it was sort of, uh, I've been saying lately that uh, humor is sort of that pressure release valve. And people, they just want to have a little chuckle so that something that is actually very scary or sad, like the Dancing Nurses strip, is actually incredibly sad. Um, where she, you know, the, the joke is that it's so serious But then there's the dancing nurses in the background, so like we'll have a little laugh, even though this is a very serious thing. Um, And occasionally, I don't know, like it it just happens that politics was – lots of people were talking about politics, and that just happened to be what's in my head, bouncing around in my head. So if I say, oh, I can think of a funny strip about this, it's just what I've been digesting lately. Sometimes, like right now, I'm in the middle of production on an actual long – series so i don't have as much time to do my political stuff and uh, it's not like a part full-time job or anything it's sort of a part-time job so uh, i just i kind of have to find a way to earn a living and please the audience over here please this audience over here Uh, so it's a little bit of a weird freelancing situation but uh, i don't expect to be hired at any uh, mainstream publisher anytime soon Uh, to answer
0: that question it's it's interesting to me and i guess like this is just part of being in 2021 is the fact that you're not allowed anymore to just like be mildly into into something you're not allowed to just be someone who is an illustrator and you have your own world with your own style and you can also be into politics on occasion right as a hobby recreationally you can't really do that anymore it almost sounds like if you dip your toe in politics and make one political statement, whether it's in words or whether it's in illustration, that's what you are now, and you're considered an enemy to some people, right? Like, has that been bizarre that you know people have like, again, your your work has been popular enough where I think it's it's infuriated um, the other side, especially because I, I think the left is sort of seen as more creative, so I almost wonder if like. What you're doing is very cultural and very creative. I wonder if, if it's sort of invading their their space and they feel threatened by that. But I've noticed you've been like attacked for it. Um, they like
1: yeah. They like to believe they have the monopoly on creative stuff. Um, I once got into an argument with someone like I was saying there are conservative artists. We just can't earn a living at it, so we have a harder time producing work because I mean honestly we live on donations and a few book sales here and there, at least the indie creators. Um, We have our names out there. We have our work out there. And sometimes we can scrape by, but a lot of us are just doing this part-time. I had a bunch of lefties. uh, And for the record, like I consider myself fairly centrist. I lean conservative, but I don't agree with a lot of things the Republican party does and all that stuff, whatever I've, I've come out as I, Liked Trump enough to vote for him. I don't think he's perfect or anything, but I didn't think that there was any viable alternative. So, whatever, that's their problem. Um, anyway, uh, to get back to the question, uh, the lefties were mad for. All right, let's put it this way. I created a couple of characters where uh, there's the tea sipping guy right re- wearing a red shirt, and he has a shirt that says "I like America" on it, and. Um, And he's just chilling, sipping his tea, and then this hysterical maniac comes out of the bushes like, uh, hey, are you enjoying your copium? And he's just chilling, and she's like, ha, 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 but she's also crying and screaming. And I've done variants on that strip uh, at maybe four or five times because I keep thinking of new situations where it's – at least to me, there are variants, but they get mad at me because, oh, it's the same joke. You're creating a straw man. But – the responses if you read the responses they are that person and they're saying <laughs> that's not me that's not me and then they did this campaign a few weeks ago where they copied my strip except they kind of flipped the characters around uh i don't understand i don't i don't even know how to unpack it but like they they were offended that i straw manned them they behaved like the straw man and then they copied my joke and saying look how unfunny he is but everyone laughed at their joke so right they proved this joke was potent uh, so anyway yeah they, they were mad at me because I guess I'm not allowed to exist uh, people like me are you can't be funny and conservative and be an artist um, which is interesting because I've always felt a little out of place this is gonna sound very strange You know, I go to art school or something, or I hang out with the art kids in high school, or if I go to a convention, I try to talk to other artists, and I don't know if it's my personality. I'm just kind of a wallflower type of person. I don't like to talk a lot unless I'm talked to, Um, just generally kind of a shy person, Um, but I've never been able to really socialize with a lot of them, and I don't know if we just have different politics, or I don't know. I just never felt comfortable, Um, so... I I, I don't know what to make of that, but, um, you know, I'm alive. I exist. I am told my art is decent and my jokes are decent. So.
0: Yeah. Well, look, man, it's more than decent. (laughs) I think you're, you're being way too modest because I mean that copium one, the one related to, and again, to describe it to people, it's, it's sort of like you're weaving a tale that would take me, you know, four paragraphs to explain what it is. But in you can, in one image, just explain it. Explain the left-leaning voter who got their way this time and they want to see you freak out the way they freaked out four years ago. And yeah. then you don't. And that makes them freak out and c- copy your comic and attack you for it. it, it it's very actualiz- actualizing and it's very sort of poetic in that sense but um, you know I I share your I share your thoughts on sort of the creative community like I really wanted to go to film school and I did like (laughs) a lot of courses on film I was really into film I wanted to be a director and I found this similar thing where I was like a really creative type but I could never quite feel at home um, at these different conventions and classes and that sort of thing. So I, I, I do wonder what it is, is maybe it is just the political aspect of it. Um, but there's definitely something there. I mean, uh. what do you, you know, what is it like for you now, now that you've come out and you are what you are? How is it communicating <laughs> with other artists who you knew before? Or I mean, what is the, the, the artistic community? How has it sort of seen you? How has it observed you?
1: I could answer that question better except for the COVID problem. So like if there were conventions, I want to start going to conventions again and sort of see if anything is different. Because before I was known, let's say, um, I would table at conventions. And if anyone doesn't know, it's just basically you rent a table or half a table, you put your books out. And, you know, people come by, they shake your hand, they uh, buy one of your books or ask for, you know, a little sketch and an autograph, something like that. And you, stand, you sit there all day and it's very tiring. And then at, at the end of the day, you hang out with other artists and socialize and network and all that stuff for like a weekend at a convention, something like that. So I had a few uh, chums who I was uh, friendly with, other web cartoonists who I won't name. Uh, long story short... I guess as my stuff, my more political stuff started. I was friendly with them, even though they, like, I'm trying to decide how far to rewind. Uh, My stuff, my jokes back in the day uh, were somewhat Christian in nature. So, like, the main character of my four panel strip was uh, religious. And a lot of the jokes were like, I don't know, punchline had to do with a church stuff or something like that. It was whatever. It was wholesome, though. So I was known at least in the little group as he's a Christian, but he's cool. He's, okay. you know, he's chill. So it
0: wasn't Joe Biden sucking the blackness out of a girl? It was more no, wholesome stuff? No, not yet. Not yet? No, it, w-
1: it wasn't anything. Uh... Was there anything? There were a couple of times where I pit... Can I say? Yeah, yeah, P-O-'d- yeah. gets where, yeah. Sorry. I pissed off a couple of, like feminish people where uh there was this one character who was like lucy and charlie brown who is kind of always on the case of the main character uh because she was jealous of sharing her husband with him of like in terms of like he, he's his best friend so he doesn't she doesn't want to hang out or split his time between them and um it's like why are you always making her a jerk uh why why do you hate women is some of the questions i would get i'm like well you know I don't hate women. This is just the one character. So I would sometimes get feedback like that, but it was always it was stupid. And then there was another time. This, uh, Do I even want to tell this story? I'm going to dig myself a grave here. But like no, go a for gay it. kid comes into a high school class, like kicks the door open. And it's like, hey, everyone, I'm gay. And then all the kids are like celebrating. Like, oh, man. And then one kid's in the back, like, who cares? You're not special. Nobody's special let's just live our lives and you know, and then some people like, Oh, why do you hate gay people? I'm like, Oh, okay. So this is where we're going. And so the more I thought about like provocative strips, it's like, I'm, my politics are actually, as far as I know, quite mild of like, just live and let live. Pretty much. Those are my whatever. So anytime I see obnoxious people thinking that they're special, uh, and acting like they're better than other people, I'm like, okay, that's free game for me. Um, Maybe. So the, the topics are choose, man, I'm really getting off topic. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. No, no, it's, it,
0: it, this is the way it goes with <laughs> podcasting. Trust me, it's, it's all good. But no, all I, right. you're, you're basically talking about the fact that you you are who you are. And it's almost like the community shifted around you. Um,
1: yeah, they became more outspoken. Uh, the people who would have tolerated me and consider me intolerant. Uh, Now it's like, all right, maybe he shouldn't have the fame or recognition that he has now. Or like they'd accuse me of being, you know, ex-phobic, phobic phobic of this or that, whatever. Whereas I'm just trying to make the point, several points, or maybe I'm just trying to make light of something that's very serious that I think shouldn't be taken so seriously.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, Well, I mean, going back to the current events aspect of it, I think maybe that within itself is what, what... You know, obviously it helps with the attention, but maybe that's where a lot of the issues come from. I, I noticed, you know, unless I'm remembering this completely wrong, um, you did a Captain America strip recently related to the Jordan Peterson thing, right? Yes. And yeah. again, for those who don't know, um, shortly after my podcast with Dr. Peterson, uh, it was revealed that he essentially was the inspiration for a red skull villain character in a Captain America issue and you know it was sort of this idea that the villain had his own 10 rules for life i think it was and it just became this thing in the whole intellectual dark web that jordan peterson is is you know the inspiration for red skull now yeah. and a meme began circulating which would intentionally juxtapose the ugly evilness of red skull with the wholesome, mild, you know, inspirational quotes of Jordan Peterson. And again, you, beyond the memes, actualize that in such a way where, you know, you have this comic strip of him getting complimented, I think, on the street and you have like this angry, seething Captain America, um, you know, going crazy over this villain. Like that sort of thing, again, and people listening to me could think I'm nuts in explaining it because it sounds esoteric. But it's not esoteric because hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people are plugged into the absurdity of this modern culture war. And it seems like at least visually you're at the center of that. Um, So how do you, you know, how, how do you obtain this inspiration is it as simple as you just go about your life and you see this is happening to Jordan Peterson and you're like hey I'm you know what if I did this and you just do it or how how many hours does it take you to really actualize that
1: a strip if it's really if the image is clear in my head because um, you have to think of these strips in four steps a b c d right setup 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 punch line something like that um, if if the idea is clear, it'll take maybe two hours, three hours, something like that. I try to post a strip early in the morning because that gives it uh, a healthy life cycle throughout the day. Because a good strip maybe only lasts for 24 hours, something like that, as far as uh, growth and uh, people seeing it. Um, in the case of the Peterson one, the joke was... And, and they're barely jokes. Uh, he was walking down the street. He was telling a story. He's told the story before of like he was in L.A. with his wife, Peterson, and uh, this kid and his father walk up to him. And they're like, hey, man, you helped, you helped me reunite with my father, something like that. Thank you for helping me. And then, you know, Peterson's like, oh, that's so cool. And they're smiling and shaking hands. And then you see on a very distant rooftop someone liking, like Captain America and you zoom in and he's like, this evil needs to be stopped and what's interesting about that is like there's there's two levels of that where viscerally it's funny to see a pissed off captain america and that's stupid and i'll have my monty python haha. but then on the other another level you think about the joke more and it's like wait this actually plugs into everything every time he's been criticized for the past two years anyone who's read a peterson book or listened to him speak you know he's actually like the coolest but he's not evil he's not trying to like take over the world or tell young men to take over the world like he's actually helping people and, and and that for us in the know we know that he's not evil and then captain america calling him evil would then make captain america evil because the joke was based off of us uh, an actual comic where um Yeah, Red Skull was quoting Peterson, and Captain America is like, "Yes, he's seducing the young men of our culture with his book Ten Rules of Life," and uh, it's so. And it was written by people at Marvel who, uh, I guess, Marvel people have been saying Marvel's been woke for a long time, and they just produce trash, uh, ideological, one-sided garbage and ruining all the characters that everyone's grown up loving and all that stuff. I'm not a a huge American comic reader, but
0: like- But isn't it funny that, that you recognize that right away? Like, why is it like you recognize that? I recognize that. It seems like everyone recognizes propaganda now when they see it. And it's like, everyone enjoys something like a Marvel. Like, you know, even now with, with, the, I think the Falcon and the Winter Soldier apparently is very woke as well. Like, okay. it, you'll have something that everyone likes and it's true in its artistic form. And then they, someone decides to, to ruin it and turn it into prop, to turn it into actual, just this is propaganda. The art you're consuming is propaganda. Yeah. It, it, it's really tragic that that happens, but the fact that you recognize it, And everyone else recognizes it gives you the opportunity to kind of be the 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 cure, you know, the medicine to that by pointing it out in a really artistic, unique way. Mm -hmm. Uh, Propaganda as I mean, they could say what I make
1: is propaganda as well. So I'll look at the word propaganda from as zoomed out as far as possible. Right. It is or even the word meme. I mean that in the sense of, like, scientifically, meme, uh, the idea that can be spread from one brain to another. Um, propaganda is a sort of... Let me zoom out one more time. I'm so sorry. This is how scattershot my all head good, be. Oh,
0: good. This is so artistic. I'm so sorry. Um,
1: so ideas spread between, say I'm an artist and you're reading my uh, comic or something like that, or you're looking at a painting I made. They call that painting the medium um, or media in general. Art is me taking something out of my head, putting it on a thing that is not me, but it is a thing that I made. And now you can look at that thing and it's like a ping pong ball going back and forth between us. You're now looking at something I made that came out of my head. It's like a shared uh, dream or something. And you're interacting with a thing I made. And then if you interact with me, it's like this weird, we're we're hitting this ball back and forth on a ping pong table. I'm sharing my ideas with you. You're sharing your ideas with me. We're talking about this thing that I made. Um, So that's what any human interaction is like. And that's why art is so uh, contested in the culture war. Film, music, games, comics especially, are extremely, I'm going to, I'm going to be a Peterson f- fanboy for a little bit. He uses the word low resolution to talk about um, the way, or, or or if we grew up with video games, it's like an 8-bit representation, really low, uh, easy way to get an idea across. A comic, all right, so a comic is really simple. It's, it's four panels, four drawings that when you put them together and read them in a sequence, they tell a story. But if you read them out of sequence, And if you cross-reference them with other ideas you've had, like hyperlinks in your head, I tell a joke about the Peterson thing. And then you remember the time when, when Kathy Newman called him all these evil names and all that stuff, you're now thinking about things that I didn't draw, but you're putting them into the context of the strip and it's becoming even more rich. A good comic strip is like a zip file that the, the more you decompress it as the reader, It's like it has more and more meaning. And what's scary about that is that, say, like in a children's book, you can give children a book that just has pictures in it, and they know the story. If they just read the pictures in sequence, they're basically reading a comic. And that's why comics are so contested in the culture war and why they've taken over all the comics uh, companies, by the way. And I say they as in like the – let's say, the people trying to uh, uh, push culture in a direction that favors their side.
0: The ideologues, right? right? Yeah,
1: Their ideology. They want to push a certain ideology. Some of it is noble. Some of it is not. I'm not going to uh, speak to that right this second. But let's say I wanted to push culture in a certain direction. You want to get the readers as young as possible. Maybe they don't even read yet, but they can read pictures. So I can make my comic... I can make a comic effective without using a single word. And some of them don't have words. If you read my stuff in sequence, you can just tell what's happening. Um, like the, the Biden thing where he's sucking the melanin out of the woman, you could still, if you can't read English, you can still tell what's happening. But the scary thing is the comics companies know this and they try to take over comics uh, storytelling. I mean, storytelling is the oldest thing. All uh, oldest way that humans communicated. All right, so they used pictures, right? We developed language, and then instead of letters, we had pictograms. Uh, we drew on walls and stuff. So, and of course, we could see before we could even speak as humans. Um, so when I communicate to you using pictures, I'm actually using a language that's older than speech itself. Um, so comics are an extremely dangerous I I know that most nobody thinks about this, but like comics can be a very dangerous tool in the wrong hands, which is why I think they get scared when someone who without authorization is telling jokes that can make them look silly when they want to look really serious and scary, but then I draw a mustache on them and it's like, Oh, you're not scary at all. You're actually quite silly. Like no, I want to be taken seriously. So that's where a lot of the anger comes from. And uh, they they have tried making me look foolish. Uh, They've tried canceling me, whatever that means. Uh, They've tried all kinds of nasty things to me, and you know it hurts my feelings. But I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Are they gonna keep making it worse for artists like myself? Are there many artists like myself? I know a couple of them. Uh, we just want to be able to do what we do and not be harassed. But if they want a fight, I guess I have no choice. So that's kind of my positions. Like I can tell nicer jokes, but if you want to be a jerk to me, um, I don't know. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna feel as bad if I make fun of somebody who is already hurting other people. Yeah, uh, I call that fair game.
0: Well, oh, no, nor should you feel bad, quite frankly, because th- these people have controlled the narrative for so long. And you're right. They, they do really hate it when you sort of invade their space, because you're right. A, a tiny vocal minority has sort of held the keys to the cultural institutions for so long. And you see this especially with children's books, right? And you know, I, I know that you've, you've worked on, on illustrations there. I don't know if you want to talk about it a little bit, but sure. I, I, I think this is sort of an area that conservatives, I know you don't necessarily call yourself conservative, but it's just, let's just say non-ideological leftists um, need to become more involved in. We need to become more involved in cultural aspects of society. Not everything is economics. Not everything is taxation. I mean, this is one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you is not only because mm-hmm. yeah, I just wanted to connect, but because I think that what you're doing is sort of a trailblazer for other sort of conservative, non-leftist artists. We have to be more cultural. Um, so to that end, I mean, just to top it off, I was wondering if you can talk a little bit about what you've worked on um, lately.
1: Okay. I mean, uh, the first thing that you mentioned that popped out to me is... Uh, encouraging other artists to jump in this fight or to just put it this way don't be afraid to speak your mind. Even if you're wrong, the whole point of talking is that you can put your thoughts out there and maybe correct yourself if you change your mind a year later or something. It's okay to just speak and not be afraid. That's the point of, at least, you know, I live in the United States. I know you're Canadian. Maybe the rules are different for the two of us, but like, I, I, if, if I don't exercise my speech now, they're only, it, it's only going to keep shrinking. The fence is going to keep moving until there are, you know, the famous Bill C-16 or something like that. Sometimes I just say horrible things like women shouldn't vote. I don't mean it, but I say it to, to piss people off and be like, wait a second, you can't say that. And I'm like, oh, okay. I just wanted to make sure I can say it though. Cause I don't mean it, but I just want to say it yeah uh i just want to draw a comic that shocks people just because and okay it's not hurting anybody it exists and then it goes away and people forget about it um so I-, I would encourage centrist leftist whatever if you're sane left i'm sure they exist sane right exists. i know that there are crazy psycho weirdos on the right far right that talk to me all the time like hey did you know such and such is the truth and you should be drawing comics about this? I'm like, uh, please don't talk to me again. (laughs) So, you know, there's crazies on both sides. I'm sure I say I'm centrist, but I do lean conservative because the over 10 windows moved, but, um, conservative in the sense that I would have been happy if things just kind of stayed where they were when I was a kid, maybe. I think we were fine. Then it's kind of slow movement upwards and like, let's be, you know, let's be more tolerant of each other let's not uh let's not be friends with people who want to hurt us and burn down our cities because they're crazy uh yeah. i think i don't think that's a crazy position to have um, but anyway i'm getting off topic again so you mentioned uh, what projects i was working on before and the children's book thing uh uh i worked on a recent children's book with uh, lauren southern i think that's what you were mentioning all right so uh, if anyone's curious, there it's called The ABCs of Morality. Um, and it was actually very simple. The project idea, she got in touch with me, said, I want to make a children's book. Would you be interested in illustrating? I said, sure. And the premise was that we just wanted to make something very wholesome to counterbalance books where it's like, clearly there's propaganda in the children's book section. And it's like really messing with kids' heads with like, for instance, like you get that uh, the kid drag queen uh, thing going on. Yeah. like That's just, it's so twisted. And people are, they want to act like this is normal and you can just put this, you can just put this, install this in the OS of kids' heads and they'll turn out normal or they'll turn out to be like, like you except, I don't know. So we wanted to make a book that was basically, the word was wholesome. So she wrote a script. She sent it to me. She said, These are the words. We went back and forth of like, oh, what's the best way we can illustrate these ideas? And then I made some illustrations. The book came out. Uh, it's perfectly wholesome. And what I loved about it the most is that we knew this was going to happen. Lefties were going to be like, oh, this is propaganda. This is horrible. Don't read this book to your kids. It's going to mess with, it's going to ruin their lives, whatever. And then they actually read the book and they're like, oh, this is actually totally normal. This is actually a very nice little book that you would have been happy to hand to your kids in like the 50s or something completely wholesome uh and that was the project
0: yeah why well, some I, people I've noticed ask me that I've noticed that as well sorry to interrupt but I, I no, no. immediately because Lauren is so controversial and she can be. you know
1: yeah this book but that's her out. business well
0: that's that, her that, that, that that's her business but I I noticed she you know she got into a debate with one um you know bread tuber as they're called And the guy hadn't read the book when he was preparing to debate her. And then they do the debate and he's like, actually, like, it's completely fine. Like, there's nothing. It's completely innocuous. And by design, by by design. So you're making a point that you could take this off the shelf and hand it to someone who's completely apolitical and as children should be, (laughs) apolitical. I would think so, yeah. And it teaches good moral lessons about, you know, just being a good person. So it's interesting that they call it propaganda, that it happens to be completely normal, and it seems to have been a success. I know it's selling well. Um, As far as I know, I mean,
1: it it is her project, I'll clarify. I just drew the pictures, but part of my deal with anybody I work with is I need to know what the project is. I read the script, I approved every word of it, I made sure that we were a good fit for each other as far as the project is concerned, but then professionally she's her. I'm me. We're completely different people. Maybe I'll work with her again. I don't know. I liked the way this book turned out Yeah, and it was fine. It's wholesome. I would hand this to even any lefty family where like they would raise their kids in a way that I would disagree with. They could read the book and I'm sure it'd be fine for them. Like K is for kindness, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it's completely fine. The book is wholesome, but uh, it was telling and it was part of the experiment to see, are they going to pre-react based on just the names on the book? And they did.
0: Yeah, so, so it, it, the experiment worked, unfortunately. You proved, you proved that it does work, but more importantly, you and Lauren proved, I mean, again, despite the fact that you did the illustration, she did the scripting, it's a good children's book and it's wholesome, Perfectly wholesome. And, and
1: it's like anything I would have grown up with exactly um, so and we were talking about this earlier this is worth bringing up is uh, uh, what kind of things do you put into a kid's head when they're young is like you and I our grandparents grew up with some very serious political stuff in in the Greece area whatever I don't want to get into specifics but like they grew up with actual crazy persecution their lives were in danger yeah. um they barely had childhoods my grandma was picking tobacco as a kid stuff like that she didn't have a childhood um and my parents barely had childhoods uh someday I'll tell their story but their childhoods sucked and then they came to america uh, the united states specifically And they gave me an actual normal upbringing here in the States. I'm first generation and uh, I grew up, you know, basic American kid, whatever, 90s kid. And I think about like, to me, it's perfectly normal to have been raised in this way without crazy propaganda and stuff. But like, how much of a blessing is it to have been born to have just what we call a normal childhood? I don't know what how many other kids in the world like could even say that. So like when they talk about giving kids like I, I keep getting fixated on the stupid drag queen thing of like just putting filth in these kids' heads. It's just let them be kids. Don't be in such a rush to ruin their brief window of innocence before they realize that the world actually sucks and you're lucky to just have food. Yeah. You're lucky to have clothes, air conditioning. Be grateful. That's one of the best lessons you could teach a kid. Don't complain about who's oppressing you all the time. How about be grateful for a little uh, – yeah. for – to even have access to an education. My grandparents didn't – they didn't have an education. World War II happened. My grandpa was pulled out of elementary or middle school. He didn't finish his education. My grandma was pulled out early too. Um, it's – again i'm talking about too many way too many topics but like i think about this kind of stuff all the time especially now with the culture war and they're trying to say like lives are so bad for certain people but it's like if you compare that person's life as bad as it is to my grandparents uh who can't who could barely read um you're still so lucky to be an American citizen.
0: Yeah. And our grandparents weren't that long ago. This is the thing is that we've progressed so exponentially in such a short amount of time that the fact that we're not starving, the fact that we do have a roof over our head, that's the exception to the rule of the world. Right. So when you talk about being grateful, the fact that being grateful for things that we have in the West now makes you into an evil Nazi fascist guy is not only deeply offensive to guys like you and me, given our background and where we come from, but it's, it's so out of touch with the reality. That's why, you know, you raise a good point that it's actually immigrants who understand this better than anyone. It's, and, and it's ironic because, like, a lot of these ideologues pretend to be all, you know, diverse and that sort of thing. They're always, like, white, upper-class, college-aged females, they are, have something like,
1: it's it's a form of white guilt or something. I barely understand it. I mean, I kind of understand it. They feel guilty for having such great lives. Like, I could drive to a really rich area of where I live, and all of the mansions and huge houses had Biden signs. <laughs> and then where I live, it's, you know, medium, whatever. I see lots of American flags, Trump signs, and that sort of thing. Like, I kind of they want i perceive that they grow up feeling bad about all their privilege and they're told in school that they have privilege and uh you should feel bad about this and you should it's it's a form of non-christianity christianity Christianity, if that makes sense where you're not in church anymore but you should still feel guilty about having it so good and you've got to pass it on to people who are less fortunate than you but it's without all the other stuff that comes with why you should feel that way and why it is good to help people who are in need but it's really just to make your guilt go away so that you can feel like a better person Mm. so when we talk about immigration and stuff like that i am all for immigration uh i'm sure people would argue with me on this even on the right where it's like it's great to have people coming into the country legally a country should be able to put patrol its borders, police its borders, because countries, the whole point of a border is to decide who gets to come in and who doesn't. There are laws here that don't apply to other countries. You must follow laws here so that we can all have a harmonious society and everyone can pursue what we call the American dream. Follow laws. That's a great first step to making sure that you're going to be chill and not bother anybody. If you break the law the second you arrive here, I'm sure that's like – it's like going on a first date with someone and they take a crap on the table. Not a great first impression. Um, And if – I mean, again, it's a pregnant topic. But like Greek-Americans, there's actually not a lot of us here. There's like maybe a million. I don't know a lot of Greeks. But like all of us are crazy hardworking as far as I know. Um, And we're grateful to be here. Um, I was raised to be grateful to be an American. We grew up in an amazingly – we use the word like diversity and all that stuff. Like half my friends were either Latino, black. Uh, the other half was Korean. Uh, and I was the white kid in the group, you yeah. know? And it's like, I've never, it's never been weird to me to grow up around people from other countries. And I was just, I, I'm going to, you know, these, I would name, that's that kid's name. That's that kid's name. It didn't occur to me that they were different, race or or
0: ethnicity well now you have to make that point right i think this is really what what made me so so enraged by this stuff is that i grew up similarly where although i grew up in greece when i came here it didn't occur to me to group people into their racial groups you know you you follow that that embedded mantra of judging people based on the content of their character. If you're a jerk, I don't care what Imagine color your you know, if you're a jerk I don't care what color your, your your skin is. If you're cool to me, I'll be cool to you. But now it's like no, we have to judge you based on your skin color, which of course puts guys like us in an awkward position cuz we're not they're not exactly sure what we are depending on the season if our tan's a little darker that's what I always if, say if, if my beard my <laughs> beard right now is very like person of color this is like my my Turkish sort of look that I have right now. I'll get stopped at the airport with this look yeah. so you what's know. great
1: is Greeks can be very good chameleons exactly. we can pass as anything <laughs> exactly
0: um. exactly so sometimes they'll say oh you know he's an evil white supremacist other times they'll say oh he's the token. You're just the token ethnic guy for the right. Sure, sure. Right. So, I mean,
1: I'll joke like if someone calls me white and like, excuse me, I'm Greek and Greeks are supreme, therefore I am a Greek supremacist.
0: Yeah, precisely. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And they can't tell you anything. So just It's
1: it's uh, to me, but that's all I can do is I can joke and laugh about how stupid it is. I don't care where someone came from like you said if they're cool they're cool if they're not cool get away from me it, any ethnicity like I'm, I'm crazy about japan like when i was growing up i was into anime and manga and stuff like that i never thought this is another culture it's weird uh is it okay for me to like these games that i'm playing non-stop all the time no i just love japan i studied it i learned as much of the language as i could and Uh, I went over there a couple of times. I won some mango awards. Let's talk about that someday. But like, I I loved their culture so much that I like basically married it for a few years. And it's like, I don't want them to become like this slurry of like, it's great that they're Japanese. They could just be Japanese. I love Japan. Stay the way you guys are. It's fine. Greeks have an amazing culture. I go to a Greek restaurant here. I want to taste Greek food. I want to hang out and speak Greek with It's that's the beautiful thing about uh, the American uh, what they call yeah, a melting, melting pot. pot. It's yeah. not that all the flavors melt into each other and create a sludge. I want to go down the street. Here's a Greek place. Here's a Chinese you know, place. Yeah. It's a tapestry, You know, I can get right? boba over, to me over there. Yeah. I want to be able to go down the street and try out every best thing from every culture around the world and celebrate that. But that doesn't mean like they have this idea of like, no, everyone just has to, I I don't know how to, it's like paint. You put all the colors, no, this is going to sound terrible, but like you can't just, you can't just mix everything and create this like, do you know what I'm trying yeah, to say? To create this sort of
0: gray to... blob that loses all the uniqueness, all the unique attributes of every culture, right? It, you just combine right. everything and end up with nothing.
1: Don't yeah. minimize what makes a culture great and beautiful. Like, yeah. yeah. Let And th- that's something that's worth celebrating. It's not a supremacy thing. It's not evil to appreciate things that make a culture special. Now, I'm not going to say, let's take those things and say we're better than everyone else, and we have to punish everyone on the other side. Right. That's where people take it too far, and that's what they try to paint you as if you say, I'm proud of being Greek, and I want to share that with other people. I want to tell people about my culture that I grew up with. I want to teach them words from Greek, or I want to share some great recipes that you can try. Um there's nothing there's nothing to be ashamed of when it comes to your where your family came from your personal story maybe it's not even a nice story of how you got to be here in the united states but it's still your story you should be proud of it um and don't let people like i don't know i they want you to be quiet when it comes to uh i don't know be like everyone else conform Uh, If you have a unique thing about you, let other people have their side of the story because uh, you're white and we've already heard your story, whatever that means. You're straight. Uh, Let other people have a turn at the microphone, whatever that means. I'm not going to step down. I've been, for instance, professionally speaking, right? I've been obscure for my whole career except for the past couple of years. Am I going to now step down because somebody else – wants to turn at the microphone or whatever, I could can be canceled tomorrow. I'll be back to being a nobody. Yeah. Um,
0: well, the odds I, of being successful at anything are already so low. You know, you have this thing now where everyone expects to be. It, it seems to be a given that you're supposed to be successful at anything. And again, this notion that you've had your turn because you're white Again, I I don't know. To be fair to them, I don't know how much of that messaging is to guys like us. I mean, it's shown, it's blasted to guys like us. But like, I guarantee you, both our ancestors were definitely slaves. So, you know, I know
1: my ancestors had a hard
0: time. Yeah, uh, I
1: barely can get the stories out of. Uh... Yeah, they had a hard time. Let's say uh, we hear a lot about other cultures having bad times and I get that that's horrible um uh Ottoman Empire stuff I need to research it more yeah uh it was bad it was real bad
0: yeah but the Um, point is that we weren't like living this bourgeois sort of uh lifestyle that that is depicted in these culture wars like again at the end of the day I think people are going to find a reason to attack you and right now people are finding a reason you know to attack you for your work because you're becoming successful it's almost as if while you're you're sort of you know gaining this audience and more people are looking at your work you're going to have more people who are either envious of it or are bitter or have been convinced of this narrative that everything terrible that has happened to them in the world is not their fault it's the world it's the system it's whatever you want to call it right
1: they want to act like the deck is stacked against them, and it, that gives you currency. Whereas, at least the way we were raised, maybe I was raised, I won't speak for you, but like every, every step up the ladder that your family might have had, that you might have had, it's something that you would have to work your ass off to earn. I, I never had any shortcuts up the ladder as far as professional stuff goes. For instance, I'm told that my art is decent. Right now whatever some people say it's good it doesn't matter what i think of it um but if my stuff wasn't good it doesn't matter what shortcuts i can take up the ladder but for some reason i look at the half the stuff on the shelves at the bookstores at the comic stores i'm like does this artist even know how to use a pencil does this writer even know how to construct a story um it's it's like they're getting these shortcuts they don't deserve half the attention that they're getting um but they're they're put up as these uh, amazing storytellers getting these getting access to properties that are so prestigious but they've done nothing to earn it and that's not jealousy talking necessarily like i don't want to work on superhero books let's say but i would have wanted to believe that if you work hard enough if you're a good enough artist or a writer you could get a shot at the big show, at the big publishers. But um, I've seen through firsthand experience that there are publishers who will just, if you have the wrong history online or something, they just won't talk to you. They won't respond. It doesn't matter how good your book looks or how mellow your story is non-political. Uh, they just don't want the association of, of working with someone who has a name that maybe five years ago you said a spicy joke. And, um, I, I fully reject that the readers, anyone who reads my stuff, like it's like, should you feel, I don't know how to put this. You shouldn't feel like you're going to be stepping on a landmine every time you follow a new artist. It's like, Oh, did you realize he drew a naked butt five years ago and don't show this artist's work to your kids or something like for instance, the the Lauren Southern book, it's a children's book, obviously G rated, wholesome. But the majority of my latest comic comics have you know blood, cursing, uh, rated R stuff, action. It's very much for adults. Um, but she, for whatever reason, she said, "I'm going to work with this guy," and great, I appreciate that. Um, I guess that's what I'm trying to say is like your your reputation and what you do it's like they say separate the work separate the art from the artist kind of thing if the book is good you can read the book even if the artist is a jerk even if I'm a jerk which I am you can still appreciate a person's work Um, but uh, you need to have like you need to have been uh, in the in this secular religion that we have now you have to have been saved you have to have the mark of salvation on you Uh, you have to be woke. You have to have apologized for things that you haven't controlled your ancestors, or things that you might have said that were offensive five years ago. And then, if you're inside, if you're safe, if you're saved, then you can be one of us. But we can hold that over your head any time that we want to control you. Uh, that's the caveat. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry for that rant.
0: No, no. By all means, I think that's a good uh, that's a good little caveat to end this at uh, I right. want to thank you for coming on where could people find more of your stuff again let's plug that again
1: all right uh, yeah most of my stuff is posted on Twitter uh, and Instagram my name there is G prime 85 and uh, I have links there to like my store on Etsy which is called studio NJ you could buy my books and I have a patreon which is also called studio NJ uh, which is basically a glorified tip jar and uh, yeah I I post all my latest work on twitter and stuff i have a little youtube channel Uh, it's all there on twitter so if you want to follow my stuff there uh, at least until i get cancelled and then i would only ask that if if you like my stuff just remember my name write it down somewhere and then you can probably look me up in a year i'll I'll pop up somewhere else
0: well it's a pretty fucking hard name to write down if i do say so myself as (laughs) someone who has an easy sort of greek last name Alexopoulos is... Uh... These
1: barbarians, man, they can't spell our names. What are you going to do?
0: Exactly. It's very insensitive culturally, I have to say. They have to... If, you,
1: if you can't say my name
0: properly, you are a bigot. Exactly. All right, George. Yeah. Thank you for coming on. <laughs> thank you for having me. All right. That was George Alexopoulos. You can find his work at all the links he mentioned, as well as down in the description if you're watching on YouTube. If you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, please follow us. Share it with your friends. Tell me what you thought of this. This was a really different conversation with someone who's really embedded in the culture war. Uh, I'm curious to get your feedback on this. Until next time, I'm Angelo Sidoro.